Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Detour Life. Detour Life is a game changer for both family law professionals and clients alike. Detour Life is an innovative online program which guides clients to easily input and organize the exhaustive document and financial disclosure process and provides professionals with streamlined and secure case management. In addition, Detour Life has comprehensive client onboarding, a secure document repository, income and expense sync, parenting plan agreement features, and much more. I use Detour Life myself, and honestly, one of my favorite features, and one that my clients love as well, is that they can securely link all of their financial accounts directly to the Detour Life platform so that their information is automatically uploaded and updated as time goes on. So whether you're getting a divorce or are a divorce professional, I urge you to check it out yourself. Go to Detour Life, that's D-T-O-U-R dot L-I-F-E, and sign up for their free 14-day trial. Then use code SUSAN20 to get 20% off a subscription. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. A commonly missed theme in these investigations, Susan, is the ability to foster that relationship with the other parent often trumps many other things, right? As parents, we're all, we all make mistakes all day. None of us are the world's best, right? Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Welcome back to this special two-part episode, G-A-L-A-M-C-O-M-G, demystifying the role of a guardian ad litem or attorney for the minor child with leading attorney Beth McCormick. If you have not listened to part one yet, I strongly encourage you to do so because Beth lays the groundwork for what a GAL or AMC actually does and how they're appointed. And we ended Monday's episode with Beth getting ready to tell us of one of her worst case scenarios on having children prepped to meet with the guardian ad litem. So we'll pick up there for those of you who are starting part two. The worst is when you meet with that child and they were so clearly prepped. Yeah. You know, I have the, the story that will literally live with me forever of going and meeting some kids in a park, walking up toward them. And I always tell parents, just say, this is a, a woman who's helping mom and dad figure things out. Be as benign as possible. Don't I certainly don't think using a lawyer word, because then a lot of times, depending on their age, you have to explain what that is. Right. Um, This is just somebody helping mom and dad. Well, instead of that, I walk up to a six and eight-year-old on the playground, both of them telling me, hi, my dad's awful. What's that mean, honey? 
well, my dad does. And then the litany of all the things that were bad that dad did. And of course, mom's all excited because I, at this point, don't even know who's who. I literally walked up. Mom wasn't prepped. Number one, you do not interrogate children, tell them what they need to say, give them an agenda, all of that. It's always figured out. We always figure it out. It's super easy. It's not hard. Yeah. Right? I was going to so say. This is a textbook example of mom, I'm telling you, and she gave me book after book that I needed to read that would explain, this was before narcissism was the buzzword, that would explain how vile this man was. Well, the reality was, as I eventually peeled the onion, I saw mom was the problem. And mom's inability to foster the relationship with dad was the problem. A commonly missed theme in these investigations, Susan, is the ability to foster that relationship with the other parent often trumps many other things, right? As parents, we're all, we all make mistakes all day. None of us are the world's best, right? Yeah, we've all, we've all made mistakes. So the the kind of 101 in this is show what you're going to do to make mom the good person or dad the good person. I think you That's, win big points with your evaluator. That's so, I, I'm so glad that you said that because not, I mean, GALs are definitely, that is always in the report or in the testimony or part of what a guardian ad litem will um, talk about when they're ready to report back to the court. An element that they are always going to talk about is whether which parent is more likely to foster a relationship for the children with the other parent. And you're right. That is often the final determinant of where custody is going to go. Exactly. Even if, if ma, if all things being equal, the one who can foster will win. Yeah. Rarely are things equal, but as you said, Susan, people are always just going to meetings like this is a no brainer. I'm going to, I'm going to wow this person. Slam dunk. And I guarantee you, those are the ones that, that are a big, big problem. So the attorney's role is super crucial to prepare them. Going back to that index that I spoke of, make your case. Don't sit here and tell me how great you are. It's an assumption that you're good. The worst is coming in and tell me how awful the other parent is. You know, I often say, you created this human. So now you've spent 48 minutes of our hour-long meeting telling me how awful someone is. Can you give me three good things about the other person? No one had ever asked them to think about that. So again, in prepping, you go into this with he or she's good at something. And then when they have this long pregnant pause and you can tell they don't even know what to say, you know, that's super challenging because that speaks volumes. How are they going to then go to little Johnny and say, your daddy's always so funny? You know, again, I tell people sometimes make it up and then (laughs) watch the kid's face when they, when you said something kind, because I say this child's blood, your blood pulses through them, just like the other parent, even if they're adopted, the same concept applies, right? Like yeah. to, to be critical of the other parent literally is one of the cruelest things you can do to a child. 
Oh, it's heartbreaking, actually. And it's often what you see um, and, and what you hear, especially because the cases that have a guardian or attorney for the children involved are usually the higher conflict custodial cases. That's why you would have those people involved. Um, I think a couple of things. One thing I want to emphasize is something that you said about a journal, because I think that that is such a critical point for listeners. If you are involved in a case where custody is any aspect of custody or parenting time is at issue, start keeping that journal. It's important. And it's discoverable, meaning... You know, a a good lawyer is going to really, really harp on you on the other side to get that. So talk to your lawyer about that and the content and how it can come back to bite you if you don't journal well. Yes. Yes. A very good point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It is 101 to add to your credibility. Doing contemporaneous notes is super helpful. I often tell people, even if it's a calendar, a blank calendar with the words, uh, you know, through a glass, you know, something, you know, be as cryptic as you need to be, um, more about back to facts rather than feelings. Because if you're going to be embarrassed that you said something, always remember it's discoverable. Right. I mean, once again, that jackass didn't show up to pick up, you know, their children. That's, you know, that's going to, if that were shown in court, might not show you in the best light. Right. Um, again, so yes, it's very important what you put in. I, I think your point is really the, the key point. Make it factual. Yeah, Make it what, what's going to jog your memory about what happened that day. And that's it. You don't need to go into the, the background of it. But it can be very important because it then you'll never remember all the nuances no. of what happened. And we are all guilty of revisionist history, right? We all can can skew our memories to what narrative we want to pursue. Yeah. And then one more thing I want to make sure we hit on before uh, the end of this episode, and you just touched on it in that story of the children on the playground. Um, the attorney or the GL, they are going to talk to your children. They are going to have interaction with your children, and you may not be there for all of that, depending oh, on... Really? Yeah. And remember that the GAL and the ATM, although you're or AMC, although you may be paying the bills or a portion of them, they don't work for you. They either are you know working on behalf of the court um, or they are work, representing your children. Um, when you talk to the children, I think it's a really important thing for people to understand is, is what you just said. You were meeting the children on a playground. Uh, most GALs or attorneys for the children do not bring the children into their office and treat it like a, a, you know, for obvious reasons. They don't want the children to feel like, I've had client or parents prep children with who they're speaking to is saying, this is someone from the court, which is also not particularly helpful because now the kids feel like they're in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But I want to make sure that that parents um, understand that how important their demeanor with the GAL or the attorney for the children is, because it's interesting. I had Bill, you were talking about narcissism and Bill Eddy's been on the show a couple of times. He's coming back on shortly. Um, And one of the things that he was talking about is that very often parents 
who are in the midst of custodial issues with their ex are frantic. They are absolutely just beside themselves. And unfortunately, they don't then show in their best light when they talk to someone who has the power that you're talking about, which is a guardian, you know, ad litem. Um, do you, what do you ta- tell your clients about just how to present their information, how to be calm, how to prep for that aspect of it, the emotional aspect? Because they feel like I've got to get this all out to this person. Yeah, so role play, as embarrassing as it can be, um, <laughs> really practicing um, with me, with a girlfriend, with a uh, therapist, um, role play everything, you know, everything from what what's the narrative with the children. Um, back to your point, though, I, I feel like I got to say, I and my role as GAL give parents that option back to that control we are going to have a meeting and it's used often to avoid the meeting with the children. If the truth be told, a good parent's never going to want to put a child through an interview with some stranger. Again, they, the kids don't understand it. Back to that power. I'm going to try to give you the power back, mom and dad, to make these decisions with before I go meet your children. That usually is incentive enough. Having said that, we're we're now at the place where it's not worked and it's time to go meet um, with the GAL. When you when you are actually showing up, try to use whatever tools you use to calm yourself for anything, right? If it's meditation, if it's journaling, whatever it is that helps you center and ground yourself before you go in that meeting, do it. Don't drink a ton of coffee. Don't, you know, remember. <laughs> Don't drink a drink. Don't have alcohol. Remember, I've had that one. Feel when someone comes in and talks at you and talks really quickly and forcefully and maybe whines or yells or, you know, all the things that you think you don't want to hear it. I had a judge look at me once. Um, the lawyer was screaming and yelling. And I stood there and literally said nothing. And the power of saying nothing after someone acted that way was palpable. It's like, okay, you know, I'm going to listen to you because not only can you control yourself, your demeanor is such that I'm a human, you're a human. I'm not going to listen to screaming. So it sounds so basic and 101, but Susan, the stories we could tell, right? Hello, Divorce and Beyond family. Susan here, and I'm excited to announce the launch of a brand new resource page on the website for you. I always say that you need to educate yourself when you're going through divorce because knowledge truly is power. And I think reading is one of the best ways that you can gain that knowledge. So I've compiled a list of my recommended books and reading on all topics related to divorce. We've got finance, parenting, emotional regulation, healing, and a lot more. So check it out on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com backslash beyond-reading. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her special guest, leading attorney Beth McCormick, who is here to demystify the role of a guardian ad litem and an attorney for the children in part two of this two-part episode. Well, because remembering the GAL is there to protect the children. And so our assumption is that this is how you conduct yourself in my office. 
what's life like at home when Janie doesn't brush her teeth or when, you know, all these things, are you able to control yourself? If you are enjoying this episode, check out Benefer 2.0, what you need to know about rekindling an old flame with America's favorite dating expert, Bella Gandhi. Look at that person and say, has this person done the work? Are they a different person? Have they come through healed, sober, unaddicted, non-cheating? Kind of have they really improved their ways before you decide you want to jump back off of that cliff again? It's so important to know, is this person a good relationship bet for me? And now we return to today's show. Yeah. And unfortunately, I feel, um, you know, I feel sorry for people who are in that place because it is such an emotional time. I mean, I understand, we understand you're talking about your children. This is the most important thing in your lives. But unfortunately, if you cannot express yourself in a way that the information that you have can be heard by your GAL or the attorney, then unfortunately it gets lost in the emotional flurry. Well, Um, remembering the GAL is there to protect the children. And so our assumption is if this is how you conduct yourself in my office, what's life like at home when Janie doesn't brush her teeth or when, you know, all these things, are you able to control yourself? Are you a screamer? You know, dad has described you as a screamer and now you're coming across as maybe you are. So again, in prepping, you know, role play and and figure out how to be forceful and make your case, but in a softer, gentler way, knowing that the human receiving it is probably going to hear you differently. Yeah, I think that that, you know, the preparation, as with many things in life, but certainly if you are in the situation where a guardian ad litem, an attorney for your children is being appointed for the court, Preparation before those meetings is is as important as preparation before you were go- walking into a courtroom, if not more. I think, um, so. yeah, because they do ultimately hold a great deal of power, and you you may not have someone appointed who uh, is as insightful and respectful as that who really wants to empower the parents to step back into their role and stop ceding that power. Yeah. So you have to be careful. You know, you were, as you were saying it, I was remembering reading a custody evaluation at one point. So usually if you're um, giving up control to either a, a custody evaluator, GAL, et cetera, a home visit is often done. And I read an evaluation at one point where the parent was dinged because the children's closet did not have a lower rack where the child could pick out their own clothes. I'm watching your face, Susan. And and it was one of those where I was like, I never (laughs) even thought of that. You know, you have no idea all the things that people are going to look at because remembering we're all human, right? That evaluator must've had a situation. Who knows why that was important? The point being, there will still be things that no matter all the preparation in the world, there are things that you might not be thinking of that that evaluator might be asking. What we're talking about today are the most basics as far as try to say positive things about the other parent. Be sure to focus on your strengths while not throwing the other parent under the bus. Um, 
always remembering the importance of that fostering the relationship. And again, I can just see the listeners um, rolling their eyes right now. Like no one understands, no one understands. Actually we do. And, you know, that person may be the devil, but it's often the devil in your eyes and the importance of neutralizing to the extent you can um, and trying to come up with something positive. Now, there are the outlier cases where the person may actually be the devil. I don't minimize those situations and a good GAL is always going to find them. But as long as you're giving facts, they're going to figure that out. All the words in the world that you have to say about that person won't help if you've got the facts to back it up. Yeah. And don't don't diagnose your ex yourself. We, honestly, there's not a professional in the world out there, a judge, a GAL. We don't want to hear your diagnosis no, of your ex. Not helpful. The facts. Um, and one thing I want to make sure people understand. So there, I mean, all attorneys, obviously, if you're in the domestic relations field, if you're doing family law, you know what a GAL does, you know what a, an attorney for the children does, but there is a you know, there is a lack on some attorney's parts where they either haven't taken the training or don't have a lot of experience with cases where these these um, folks are involved. You work as a consultant on cases around the country, actually around the world, right? Helping people to prepare for the advent of a GAL or attorney for their children into their cases. And that can be something that I don't think people realize is available. That's right. It can be helpful. I, I, of course, encourage people to do that in concert with their own lawyer. But if you have any doubt that your lawyer might be missing some of the nuances, uh, that's that's a role I often fill. Um, lawyers often refer people because they know enough to know what they don't know. <laughs> but sometimes the clients actually request it, recognizing that that is something that's out there, a resource that's available. Yeah, I think it's important. I, you know, we always talk about, and, and you're a collaborative attorney as well. You know, you work in teams and pulling together the team who's going to best be able to support you through the process. And sometimes that's a consultant on a specific issue, um, someone who has that expertise and who acts in that role. I think that that is really a critical part of it. And frankly, although I took the training, I have not acted as a GAL. Um, and so know enough to know what I don't know, what, as you just said. Um, and I think it's important. So I love um, that that's one, yet one more thing that Beth does. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, I think all, all too often we call in people on the financial issues because those are often very complex. I think these nuances that we talked about today, I haven't had a case where somebody says the money is more important than the children. So I think it's important to just know that these resources are out there. Yeah. And that's, I, I think this is an episode that is really, I want people to know this is really sort of skimming the surface yeah. of a complex topic. Um, so even just for more information, you can reach out to Beth or another expert in this area um, there's a great deal out there, but make sure you are prepped. Make sure you are ready. Don't just treat this like it's your opportunity to go and disgorge all of your and vent all of your thoughts about your ex and why they're a terrible parent. This is something that is a very serious aspect of your case and can have very long lasting repercussions how you you present in this process. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how can people get in touch with you, Beth? What's the best way um, if they wanted to reach out? So our firm name is Beerman, B-E-E-R-M-A-N-N. And my email address is B McCormack, B-M-C-C-O-R-M-A-C-K at BeermanLaw.com. Otherwise, um, we are in Chicago and our office number is 312-621-9700. And of course, that will all be in the... um, in the show notes. And I do want to point out Beth has an awesome Instagram account um, at Beth F McCormick. Um, and that is how I met you. I just always love to tell the story because when I first moved to Chicago, I didn't know anybody here. And I was going through my Instagram feed, saw these fantastic female attorney posts. She has a sense of humor, folks. <laughs> and I reached out to her and Beth has been absolutely just the best thing that's happened to me since I moved to Chicago. I, I just thank you so much. You've um, you've become a true friend, and uh, you know I value you very much. And the fact that you're one of the leading attorneys in the country is is gravy on top. Um, I appreciate your coming and, and helping my listeners as well, Beth. And uh, it's an honor, and I um, I'm humbled by the fact that you wanted to come meet with me, and uh, it definitely transformed both our, both of our lives for the better. Thank you, friend. Absolutely. So we have some more exciting things coming up, Beth and I. um, So stay tuned. We'll be announcing those shortly. But do reach out to Beth. Go look at the show notes. Her full bio will be there as well. And if you are um, going to have a guardian ad litem or an attorney for the minor children, you know, this is the episode for you. But really, you know, make sure you prepare and reach out to Beth if you want more information. Thanks, Beth. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.